right, welcome to Wake Up Windin, a podcast about the Netflix show Dark, giving you an episode-by-episode recap. This is going to be the first episode. I'm your host, Brian. I'll be with you the whole way. And I'm going to bring you rotating guests throughout. And we're here with a rounds table for you today. So joining me is my wife, Elisa. Hello there. And from Oregon, joining me is Tyler and Samantha. Thank you guys so much for being on. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So I made, uh, I bothered everybody. I got everybody together and I said, we got to check out this show. You guys got to watch it. And I want to talk about it for an episode. And um, I asked Tyler and Samantha to come on the first one. So Tyler and Samantha, you guys saw the episode. Uh, First time seeing it. What did you guys think? A lot to unpack. Where is Eric? (laughs) Yes. So that is, he's like in some torture room. That's the big, uh, the big question at the end. (laughs) It looks really Uh, terrible. There's uh, 80s music playing nonstop. Um, yeah, that's is the big he in, mystery. Is like, baby pajamas, too? <laughs> it appears that way. It appears that way. And uh, not only Eric, but we're also missing, by the end of the episode, we're missing Mikkel, one of the uh, key oh, characters, right. too. So I we have two missing children by the end of the episode. And a body of a child that does not belong to a child. Did I give that away? No. Oh. no that's perfect. Yeah. Is that bad? Okay. <laughs> that's right. So, With no eyeballs. Yeah, we saw, yeah, he, he was messed up. He was really messed up. And he had a Walkman, uh, looked very out of place. And it was playing the same song as um, uh, poor Eric was listening to at the end of the episode. That's right. It's not a good look. Um, so, um, we had three misses. We kind of jumped right to the ending. That's awesome. That's okay. Uh, I love it. But um, So, we have so much to unpack with this whole thing. We're going to break it all down. But we do have those main mysteries, and um, I'll probably ask you guys later on in the episode maybe what you think will happen in the future, because you don't you don't know what will happen, so there will be no spoilers there. Um, so, um, I sent you guys uh, the uh, the character families, uh, all the family trees, and I wanted you guys, could you guys pick a family that maybe we could discuss first? Uh, let's start out with the Conwalks. All right, so we have Hannah... And Jonas, and they're going through a tragedy at the uh, beginning of the episode because we see that Michael, Hannah's husband, um, hangs himself at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's rough. I think that's you know we uh, when we come into dark, we know that it's going to be a pretty uh, dare I say dark show. <laughs> but uh, you know it's a pretty it's it's an intense way to get started uh, with this scene and. You know, uh, I hope that the if you were watching, that uh, wasn't too disturbing for you. But uh, it it is, you know, it's supposed to be, and it's supposed to kind of set that groundwork for us. And we obviously see that effect in his son. Yeah, Jonas, and Jonas is kind of one of the main characters of the show. We follow Jonas around. We get his perspective a lot. But I want to ask you guys about Hannah. What did you guys think about Hannah in this episode? And Hannah's the mom. She's getting it on with that other guy. Yeah, she doesn't seem to have her resolve already. She doesn't already. seem to be too unhappy about right. what's happened with Michael. No, she does not seem to be too unhappy at all. And one begs the question, how long has this been going on before Michael right. died? Because it wasn't too long. They mentioned uh, it was the beginning of summer. Um, and then, or I, I'd have to I have to go back. But I know it starts in June. Like June. It starts June in June. Or something. 
and then we come back and it's uh and it's the school year. I've only seen it four times. You'd think I would know this by now. But <laughs> October. October. So we come back and it's the start of the school year. And um Jonas has been uh they say that he's been in France, right? Hiding the baguette. <laughs> and okay. And I got to say, I really hate Bartosh. Bartosh is the worst. <laughs> Wait, who, we got to look at the character map on who's Bartosh. Oh, yeah, this guy. So Bartosh. Is he, the, is he the one that was with the love interest of Jonas? Absolutely. He's the one that's with Mart, uh, Marta. And Bartosh is like kind of like Joffrey. He's, uh, he's terrible. And <laughs> uh, you just kind of want to punch him the entire time. Yeah. You know, there's something about any, you know, as a person who works with 15 to 18 year old kids a lot, you know, there's some kids, and this is off the record, that just kind of have a punchable face. <laughs> like he, a Joffrey face. Yeah, you know, you just, and, and this is one of those kids, but it's not just his face, uh, Bartage. You know, uh, he... We can see that there is has been a lot that has happened since the first incident with uh, Jonas's father taking his life. So, yeah, let me let me think backtrack here just a little bit. So, we have these, you know, really we're presented with these two main families in the beginning, and uh, there is this definite intersect or intersex, yes. if you will, <laughs> and um, you know. So much is under the surface happening. And so to have this affair be presented so broadly uh, and, you know, very public, very, you know, all over the place. At school. Jonas yeah. is at home. That's really where the episode is yeah. starting. That's how obvious this affair is, is that Jonas is in his house having recovered from this extremely traumatic episode and... Uh, her he, mom's shacking up with somebody already. And he can hear it. Um, and and he's trying to get cereal. And <laughs> she won't even help him. She won't even pay the power bill. How about that? She, uh, The grandma pays the power bill, and she yells at the grandma for not paying the power bill. What's up with that? Yeah. Rough. It's rough. Rough stuff. Well, we, yeah, we also have to talk about the grandma. So the grandma, yeah, she's not on your family tree. She is not on my family tree, and I didn't put her on there because we didn't get her name yet. And I do have a picture for her. She will be added to the family tree shortly. Um, but I wanted the main characters, and I wanted to see who you guys might bring up um, on the auxiliary side. But yeah, the grandma, she um, obviously has the letter deliver. Uh, she has the letter at the end. Uh, we don't know its contents yet, and she. Uh, Stopped paying the power bill for Jonas and Hannah, maybe after uh, Michael's death. We don't know yet. And let us not forget that she also has the letter that Jonas does not appear to know exists. Right. So that's that's a bummer that Jonas mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. and we don't know, you know, we don't know anything about the letter yet. So, so we have this affair. We have the mystery of the letter and the relationship with grandmother. And we also have a overall uh, concern, two overall concerns in the town. Um, in the town, we have a power plant, which apparently has been doing well. 
but it's going to be closing, it seems, at the end of the year. Not great, which appears to be affecting everyone. And that was over that radio announcement that said that. Right? Yeah, that's right. So the, uh, we hear about that through the grandmother. Uh, she's listening to the radio, and they say they're going to shut it down. And then also later, um, Hannah visits the power plant, and she is giving a massage to looks like the boss of the power plant. Of course. <laughs> and he says he didn't want it to end like this. So it seems like the power plant has been like you know a staple in the community for years and years, and it's going to be going away. Um, so but it also seems pretty ominous. It does. All the shots of it, it looks pretty creepy. And I don't feel too bad about it getting shut down. <laughs> no, I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta say, there's a part where Bartosz, Bartosz's mom, Regina, is, um, you know, she's complaining because she's not really getting any business to her hotel. And I was just thinking, it's like, it's not because of the missing children, Regina. It's because you're in Winden, where the only uh, viable tourist attraction seems to be this nuclear power plant that's just billowing smoke into the yeah. sky. So, I don't know. I don't know about Winden. Okay. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's a cultural aspect that I don't really understand. But this seems to be a pretty tight-knit community. You know, um, everybody knows each other. Well, you know. They really do. They <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it. That just is not an experience that we have really had uh, in Las Vegas or really anywhere that we've lived. Is that a uh, you know the, the high school principal is running the town meeting? You know that's that's how intense everything is together. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I think I should I should back up a little bit. Just talk about so like we have Ulrich right, who's the police officer, and he's married to Katarina, who is the principal. Ulrich is having an affair with Hannah, who is the massage therapist, and Jonas's mom. And Ulrich and Katarina together, they have three children. And we see a nice family scene with them right after the scumbag comes home from his cheating ways. Yeah, is it nice? Is it a nice scene? Actually, it's it's not nice at all. But I like Mikkel, so maybe I think that like kind of uh, gives it rose-colored glasses in my eyes. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the... Uh, did you guys, I want to ask you guys about the, that scene in particular. Uh, did anything stand out to you, like how the family interacted with one another? The thing that's standing out to me is after the family has their interaction and Katerina finds the hair mm. on his sweatshirt. Yes. And, and, and like sniffs it or whatever. She starts to like really investigate it. Yeah. We've yet to see them confront confront this issue, but... Yeah. I wonder if it's something she knew has been ongoing. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it, it seems like that. And then there's a point in the episode where, you know, they hug. And I'm like, Hannah, no! Hannah, don't! <laughs> She's going to smell you! <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Are there any other characters that we should kind of, you know, just identify or dig into yes. a little bit before we do a little more, like, I want to introduce the Dopplers. Uh, Charlotte... She's married to Peter, and uh, Peter's the man at the end of the episode. He's giving the prayer of serenity, and Charlotte is Ulrich's police officer uh, partner. And they have a daughter, Fran Francisca, we see, who talks to Magnus. She smokes his weed. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the episode, we get a really uh, deplorable moment with, uh, with Bartosz. Bartosz should be canceled. Uh, he pushes, pushes Francisca to the ground, and... That's kind of my main uh, beef with Bartosh, is just like, he's out here assaulting women. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. 
he's he pushed her down for drugs, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's even more complicated. Yeah, and she was gonna give him a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, they weren't his. No, not at all. <laughs> a finder's keepers. Yeah. He had no entitlement to those at all. Not at all. And he like wanted to like. There's a scene that the in the middle of the episode they're talking. Um, Bartosh is talking to Jonas about you know we're gonna get this weed, and he's like. There's certain capacities on the market that one shouldn't hesitate to uh, <laughs> get into. And I was just like, oh, somebody shove him into a locker, please. <laughs> just hate this guy. Well, should we maybe go kind of a, you know, little breakdown here of just, I, you know, I was really interested, uh, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, but, you know, Tyler and Samantha are artists <laughs> and uh you know they have a lot of vision and i think that the imagery in the beginning of this uh whole episode the integration of the music you know i i was really curious what you guys thought about um all of that as like first time viewers <laughs> that intro is pretty incredible Forever. Uh, especially kind of with the backdrop of how it starts out talking about how time isn't linear it's like circular and then the imagery just really kind of plays to that that everything's like a mirror image of each other um you then get that effect not to tangent but <laughs> in the episode when like something's going to happen again or this has happened before like those kind of words are used throughout you then keep thinking back to that title sequence like oh it is like full symmetry or repeating it itself right yes a lot of talk about like doubling and there's mm -hmm. time you're hit over the head with time a lot like i don't know how many times 33 years is mentioned in the yeah. episode right right but uh like you said there's like the doubling and in the intro this the song is just so creepy mm -hmm. but like really unsettling um and then tyler i really liked um like the the some of your posts about the doubling uh reminded me a lot of the intro mm -hmm. um i thought that was really cool um, yeah, so right then and there, it inspired me to do some art stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'll so, just like mirror some artwork. So that's fantastic. All right, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and then the sound. I mean, um, you know, we only get a sample of it in this episode, but like the sounds throughout the entire season and the series is just so good. So um, look out for that if you're a first time viewer at home too. Just like pay attention to the sound director, uh, the sound direction, and all the songs they choose for the montages are really on point. Yeah, and then even just the show itself, um, we started noticing a lot. A lot of shots are symmetrical, so there's a lot of alley like in a pers leading perspective. Where Ulrich is like running down the forest, and he's like right Perfectly in the center. Middle. Uh, the principal in the auditorium will be perfectly lined up with the aisles of her seats. Or Ooh. there's a lot of frame shots where you think they're directly in the middle of the frame, like Wes Anderson style. Uh, obviously not in that playful way, but still, like, <laughs> See, you I'm... start to notice, like, oh, they you could cut this in half and almost have, like, the same thing on both sides. See, I knew it was good to have you guys on. I would have never picked up on anything like that. <laughs> so that is awesome. Thank you so much for telling me that. I, um, I did note, I was... Uh, when you said there's symmetry, I was thinking, and I don't know why these two characters would be together, but like Magnus smoking the joint and then Hannah smoking in the alleyway is like almost like in the exact same manner against the, against the wall. I guess that's how else would you smoke a cigarette or joint? But, um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, there's, there's that too. So like, yeah, there is scene. Um, and then there's like, 
I don't know. There's like a lot of like hooded figures too <laughs> throughout. Uh, so there's like an ominous like presence that's kind of lingering. And of course, I mean, you got the kidnapping and we actually do see um, like what's going on from Eric's point of view, which I didn't, I don't think I thought we'd see coming into the show. I didn't think we'd actually, I thought he'd just be missing. We wouldn't even know any clue where he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have, you know, I, I, I really like the symmetry. I think that's really the, the central, um, you know, main idea here. And it's almost, you know, it is replicated, I think, in all of these layers of uh, conflict that we're having. You know, a lot of this um, external and societal conflict, a lot of this interrelational conflict, and, uh, you know, especially in Jonas, who we spend a lot of time with, um, you know, in his bright yellow raincoat, which I love so much. Iconic. Because, <laughs> you know, Germany, I mean, you know... I've never been to Germany. I'm not trying to hate, but it looks pretty bleak. <laughs> At least Winden. For sure. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, town spirit. Yeah, who left? But my guess, sorry, real quick. My guess is maybe the super colorful things throughout the show, since I don't know yet, are probably very significant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know Breaking Bad. so dark, so things are going to really be popping out. Yeah, everyone's wearing, like, blacks or grays. But maybe Forest, there's been a character that I didn't notice gray. that was all in red or, you know, always in, like, that guy's always wearing a blue shirt. You know, shows do that. I have no idea. You guys gave so me Be on the thing. lookout. Yeah. <laughs> I need to pay attention for that myself. That's awesome. That's an awesome tip, too. Um, uh, so, where do you want to go next with this? I have, uh, I have, we haven't talked about Regina too much, Bartosz's mom. Uh, she gets kind of like a one-off scene in... Oh. Speaking of, like, Wes Anderson and the hotel with the oh, yeah. keys. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we have this woman who, every bit of her, the way her hair is done, the the casting, the, the point of her face, she just looks worried and stressed. And we hear she's, she is, she's angry. Uh, she's screaming at bank representatives on the phone because... All of the keys are there. No one is in the hotel. Except one. <laughs> I, I patted myself on the back uh, so much. that for the fourth time I saw that. I, it's the fourth time I've seen it. I was like, oh, the keys are all there. And like, I'm just like, oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, uh, what I wanted to say, too, about Regina is, uh, you know, she uh, she's like talking to the banker, right? And... Like, she's saying that she's lost all her business because somebody's been disappeared for, a kid's been gone for 13 days. But, I mean, don't people, like, plan their trips out in further advance than that? Like, is she not going to be able to sell out in 13 days? Or, like, people hear the news like, oh, cancel your trip to Wyndham. We're out. Right, 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 right. Like, how small is the town? Like, 100 people? It's unclear from this episode. people go missing everywhere, all over, all the time, and, like... There's probably someone missing right now in Vegas. It's not like we're going to... Oh, yeah. Well, according to Regina at the end of the episode, she's like, there's no murderer running around here. (laughs) Please. We know this place. Yeah. But they did say it was like a really safe place ordinarily that this is like, except for when it happened the last time 33 years ago, it's been a great place. (laughs) If if I could give like the brochure pitch for Wyndon, it's like, 
look, we got these wonderful bike paths. We've got a beautiful forest. Come explore the caves. Actually, strike that part. Don't explore the caves. <laughs> no, but um, uh, just, like, ignore. Take out that nuclear power plant. I think, like, Winden, like, after this power plant is gone, I think Winden's fortunes will be turning up. Nobody will ever say that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, you know, I think that that's, that is a good question about the economy of Winden because obviously it has been successful. It has this, you know, appears to be a pretty nice school. You know, everybody's got their roles. But, um, you know, yeah, the it's going to crash. This, you know, we see that this, uh, this power plant is going downhill and this hotel is going downhill and everybody is taking it out on our poor principal who really is having a rough go. And I don't think, I don't know if she's admitted it to herself yet, but, um, you know, the root cause here is Ulrich. Yeah, Ulrich's a problem. Let, we, we have not really talked about Ulrich yet. I would like to unpack Ulrich a little more. So, first of all, who has, you know, who goes on a run to go have sex and then comes home and kisses their son right on the top of his head? Well, and, not even that, but after he had sex with Hannah, she then said, I love you. And his response was the, like, worst thing you could say when somebody says, I love you, just... You're beautiful. <laughs> Thank like, you very much. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> yeah, it was the equivalent of it. Yeah, yeah. Misdirection. <laughs> I know. No, and then. And then he escaped out the window, and there he was. He was gone. I know. Yeah, That's Jonas can't know. <laughs> um, I also liked how he like started running immediately, like when he fell off the pipe. But he's, I got to get into character. I've been on a run. Again, he still gets like the breakfast food. Well, and also, you know, he's. A police officer he should be really heading up the investigation of eric the whole town it seems comes together for the town meeting and where is he why isn't he there but then he texts hannah at the end of it come outside meet yeah, me in the yeah. alleyway oh my when god his wife is right inside of the building Ugh. and and then they like make out and like shouldn't he be more concerned about like hosting this town hall meeting or the like school meeting or you know yeah. looking or for a missing child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there another police officer or is it There is. Like how many more are there? Well, we we're introduced as partner Charlotte um right. and there is you'll we'll, they'll flesh it out more um but yeah, they're they they have a, like a police department, you know, like we we see that scene with them there. But yeah, Ulrich, it, his behavior is just despicable at this meeting. Uh, yeah, like you said, he's he's lead, he's like the investigator. He's the lead person on the investigation, and he's skulking around with Hannah. And his wife is having to lead that meeting and field off unhappy people. Yeah, yeah no support. No support. No. Yes, I'm. Katarina really is the most sympathetic character, I think. Yeah. Well, he has to deal with Ulrich. Her son goes missing. I definitely agree because all of that and she's got her own kid smoking weed on her campus. <laughs> that is tough. Talk for Magnus. Yeah. And, you know, not that I'm going to, you know, listen, Magnus, you know, you smoke weed wherever you want, except that's... <laughs> Help your mom out. Help your mom out, Your Magnus. mom needs a bone. Yeah. Throw her a bone. <laughs> and the scene where we see... 
Hannah and Katerina interact with one another. Katerina comes in to give her a hug and apologize for what had happened to her husband. And it was, you know, she's still very like supportive of Hannah. It seems even as a friend or whatever their prior relationship was. Yeah. Katerina is good. She's clueless on what's happening. Um, well, I think she knows it's happening, but I don't know that she knows that it's Hannah. Oh. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about that, because there's this one line, Regina brings it up, and she's like, we all know you have your own problems, Katerina. Mm. But Katerina's right. like, Katerina's like, what? What are you talking about? And it's only saved because um, Helg, the uh, older gentleman, comes running in at the end of the episode. Oh, yes. So she kind of like, uh, you know, got saved by the bell in that situation. So we think the town knows about the rumor, but she just doesn't know about the rumor. That's what I get from Regina, uh, from that at least. Well, yeah. I mean, they're a very high-profile couple, obviously. You know, uh, the police officer, uh, the principal, yeah, and I think, public. I yeah, I think that to some extent, uh, you know, we see it in her face. You know, she she has this uh, kind of mask she puts on that she's about her business. She handles the meeting with great success because yeah. Uh, Regina is th- lobbing these bullets at her and just, you know, wow, I, she's really misbehaved. Oof. Yeah. Regina, like, is, like, so self-interested, it's, like, not even funny. Uh, she's, yeah. like, only wants, uh, the, she wants, like, she's, like, saying that Eric ran away because she doesn't want the press to come and she doesn't want people to not come to her hotel because of the, the press and not because of it's a shit town, but, you know. Stupid place to have a hotel. <laughs> Bad business. <laughs> no handouts. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and can you imagine, I mean, and unfortunately I know this does happen, but can you imagine if we all got called to the school for a very serious meeting about a missing child and someone was like, no, they're not missing. I <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> it is so audacious. What is this? Yeah. It's it's clear that these people have known each other for a long time. And then to have a crazed old man come in saying <laughs> it's going to happen again. It's already happened, hasn't it? <laughs> right, right. So he seems to be kind of crucial to the plot going forward because he's, I mean, obviously older. He's been along for a long time. So he obviously knows what happened 33 years ago, what they keep referring to. So he's... Uh, you know, he's going to be interesting to follow going forward. Do you guys, um, I didn't put him on my chart yet for a reason, because I didn't know if it was clear from the show. Do you guys know how he figures into the families? Helg? Is that his name with the oh, union? he's related? He is. Is he, is he the Dopplers? Yeah, he's, Hannah you're right. Doppler? He's not Hannah. Um, he's with, uh, so Charlotte's father-in-law is what I believe, because Charlotte calls him Helg, so it's mm-hmm. not dad, but uh, she's the one that takes him home. And then she's talking to her husband later, and her husband is like, did you get him? And I think oh. they're, they're referring to his dad is who it would be. Hmm. Okay. Now, the, the school meeting, too, it appears it was taking place at, like, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> You're absolutely right. What was up with that? No, good call. Yeah, it definitely was because uh, Mikkel disappears at 10.13. When they start showing the clocks. And the cave and, and the letter was being opened. And that's yeah. when the 
the old man rushed into the building. Yeah, this is a lively crowd for 10 p.m. Like, I'm you know, you drink crazy. beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder nobody goes to Wyndham. <laughs> they're not, instead of like being at the bars drinking, they're <laughs> at the PTA meeting. <laughs> Look, yeah, there it's a tight knit community. They they go to the PTA together. They you know they're like the Hardy Boys. They crack cases. All their kids are out in the woods, run them run them up. You know, <laughs> no supervision for these children, which I love. Yeah. Big fan of the no supervision. Um, you know, except for the missing part of it. Now, oh, hold on, because we've been praising we've been praising Katarina, but um, she did have uh, she put Magnus in charge of watching Mikkel, and that didn't go well. Right. Not at all. No. Have you ever seen such a dopey face on Magnus? <laughs> and real quick, what happened there? They were running, mm-hmm. and he stopped, or he tripped, yeah. or something. Yeah, it's pretty Jonas unclear. Tripped. Yeah, it's pretty Jonas unclear. Jonas tripped. Feels... We don't know what happened to Mikkel at all. Jonas was with Mikkel, though. Correct. It seems like Jonas... Oh, not Magnus. Okay. No, it seems like... So, like, at the end, like... So, like, you know, they run because there's, like, the scary noise or whatever, and their flashlights go crazy. And so, like, I don't know. First of all, Magnus, like, they, like, seem to, like, think that Jonas should be in charge of Mikkel for some reason when, like, Magnus is like, what, you don't have him? And it's like, bro, he's your brother. Yeah, where were you? Yeah, like, grab him. And not only is Magnus his brother, but isn't their sister with them as well? Yeah, Marta (laughs) is a high schooler. Marta can, you know, like, where is she in this, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just crazy that uh, none of them look out for Mikkel and that, you know, they kind of onus is on Jonas and then <laughs> and, right. and he like kind of has a vision of his, his father and he's, his father's all bloody and in that time he lost Mikkel and uh when they they like you know they reunite and they're like I thought you had him I thought you had him so um it's sad though um and uh Mikkel especially because of what Mikkel was talking about earlier how it would be terrible to be lost nothing would be worse mm-hmm. well I so then Sorry, when is this based? Or like 2019? It is. So they all had phones to call, and that's why, like, randomly all those parents and, like, everyone came up. Ooh, what an eerie scene was that. Yes, so, yeah, they all call at the same time because, you know, all the parents are at the meeting, and then they all run to show up and, you know, reunite with them. But, um, uh, what do you guys, what do you think happened to Mikkel? Do you think he's with the same people? people, uh, He's, He's totally... My thought is that whoever took Eric is in the cave because there was a scene where you see a hooded figure at the entrance of the cave. Yeah. Yep. And you see a similar hooded figure putting the eye shield on Eric when Eric is in that weird chair. Nice. Ooh, I noticed that. I think that could be the same character. Yeah. And if that character is chilling around in the caves, and if Eric also was chilling around near the caves, then maybe the person just kind of swooped him in and took him deep down into the caves, which is where this 80s music. (laughs) Band the caves. You spin me right around. That's like stuck in the 80s. Yeah. And then because Mikkel was also near the caves, it would also sort of make sense that maybe the hooded figure also came out and scooped him up too. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because it's like just like really quick in the episode. They just show this guy coming out of the cave for like three seconds. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it kind of sticks with you and it's ominous. And like, I'm glad you brought that up because it's as good a lead as any we have right now. 
the hooded figure. It's 8 o'clock. Um, also... I think it was, um, do you see, like, Ulrich was wearing the hood at one point, like, later in the episode? Like, he lowers his hood. I think it's, like, at the very end when he's, like, racing to find the body, like, lowers his hood. And I just was, like, struck, I was, like, was struck by that, how he had, like, I guess there's only, like, one rain jacket in Winden. I don't know. Besides <laughs> Jonas's. Um, yeah. I did, uh, create, um. So, wait, is anyone in on it, do you think, already? That ooh. we've already met? If anybody, it's Ulrich. The police guy is already doing this? I mean, I don't know. But he has the same raincoat as a very similar coat. Well, and the relationship is also not clear between, you know, missing from the PTA meeting was anybody from the power plant. So, you know, we... Is there a connection between the hooded figure, the power plant, you know, because we see, we saw a lot of those people at the PTA, but where was this main economy, you know? (laughs) Law enforcement or, yeah, the biggest factory there. That is pretty interesting. Absolutely. So, do you guys have anything else from the plot of the episode? Because I wanted to just ask you guys really quickly about a character thing. And but is there anything else from like the? Uh, do we? Do you think we miss anything from the major plot um, of the story today? Um, I think another thing that stood out to me is that everybody kind of keeps telling Ulrich like, "This is this your, this is about this isn't about your brother." Like, what happened to your brother was 33 years ago. Thank you. And um, so somehow there is also some, he has some connection to this happening of 33 years ago. Ooh, yeah. What? And Ulrich uh, being you know more that? being more of a scumbag, because we, we yeah, the scene you're talking about, too, is like when he goes to visit his mom. And the only way his mom can get in touch with him is by contacting his emergency line. And he never visits her. And she has the son that's disappeared 33 years ago, too, his brother. And uh, what's up with that? <laughs> well, you know, the mom, uh, well, first of all, that is uh, quite a tactic, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you're looking for somebody in the police department, just call call 311. It's like a Michael Scott move. <laughs> <laughs> Called your emergency number. Yeah. But, um, I said 911. <laughs> But she, we also see that maybe there is a reason that he doesn't contact her very often because she says some kind of kooky stuff about what's going on out in the forest. Uh, She went out on a walk there, and while she was out on a walk, uh, she saw something, right? She found a raider bar, and that was what um, Mads used to love to eat. And it looked like, I don't know if it's like, was the implication that, hey, this isn't in certain, like, they don't make Raider bars anymore. I don't know. Um, did you get that oh. implication from that? Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, there are signs of him now out in the forest kind of thing? Ooh. Yes. And it was in, 33 years ago, would place it in 1986. So. So uh, then, will there be a connection of this new missing kid? Yes. Because what did he have? He was in a room that was, like, stuck in 1986. With the, oh, they got the music no, 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 videos, no, no, the too. New kid. No, 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 the, not the new kid. Because he had a Walkman. Yeah, ah, they, they found the, the Walkman. Thing. He was all in 80s clothes. 
So mm-hmm. does the kidnapping suppress your aging? And now the mystery deepens. So, <laughs> so I won't speculate on that to not say any more on that. But you guys definitely, definitely can. And to George Michael on repeat is the like. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> fountain of youth. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, I I don't know if you guys watched Lost, but like I was just reminded of the. There's like a scene in Lost where like they're in a torture room, and it's like very reminiscent of Clockwork Clockwork Orange. And I just like was struck by it. It was just really reminiscent of those two things. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, also, the coloring there—very bright colors oh. compared to like the gloominess of the forest, right? Because you can tell it's like a contained room. Yeah, but that then, like, awful the wallpaper. The are popping or whatever. Artificial, you know, like uh, very constructed. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a bunk bed. Yes, right? Was it right. a bunk bed? So yeah. there's room for another. So Mikhail <laughs> could be in there with Eric and have his very own bunk. Oh, no. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. That is a big part of it. Oh. Um. So there is a character, and, and this actually really spurs, you know, I, I think that we haven't really discussed the actual incident. You know, the 10-13, 10-14 you know, uh, there's a lot of build-up to it in the episode. There's a lot that happens after. But the actual moment of it, I think, is really well done. Um, you know, we get a couple different perspectives. But, um, you know, you did say that it was, it was, it felt like lost to me. It felt like a smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, coming out of the cave, you know, that eerie, there was a sound that came with it. Um I thought the sound was actually a little more metallic than, like, animal, but there was kind of an animal component to it, I think. Um, the, how creepy was it when all of their flashlights started flickering? Yeah. That made me think of Stranger Things. Yeah, that was very Stranger Things-esque. <laughs> that whole, that, even the music, that, that whole scene, I think that scene alone, I really sealed the deal of the, refer you know all of the referrals from stranger things too dark yeah that's what people say a lot is like and like when i like it's like i I have a hard time kind of telling people what it's about especially especially the first episode i think like as you go further like it's easier to explain but i just think uh it's hard for me to explain sometimes like you know what the show is about especially with the pilot but it is you know stranger things vibes and lost vibes things like that but um the writing in the show like they do a fantastic job like throughout so like you want, I don't think anybody will be disappointed with like where the story goes. So, um, I just like would say like, I stay invested in it. I feel like you're, it's like the first time you ever checked it out or something. So, um, when I think, yeah, so far the character development has been really good. We've had, you know, so many different families introduced, but we've gotten such like good little snippets into their life. So even that has been, Absolutely. You, know, you can tell it's going to be a good story. Like, yeah. little moments, like, you know, after Jackpot, I mean, sorry, after Bartosh pushes Franziska to get the drugs, he goes, Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love hearing the English words. You know, they're mostly swear words, but, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they pop up. Yeah. Uh, so, real quick, back to the incident. Jonas is running. Yes. And then he then sees his dad. Yeah. Or 
who does he see? That's his dad for sure. That's yeah. That's the same. Yeah, the actor for the dad. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's the dad. But he's. But what confused me was he was all bloody on the side of his face. Yes. And I'm thinking if he hung himself, he wouldn't be bloody. Ah, excellent so point. That's where I got a little confused. And also, too, when you see the flashback of when Jonas is meeting with his psychiatrist or therapist. Um, which is where he was when everyone thought that he was away, or maybe yeah. maybe people knew that he was there. I don't know, but um, he keeps telling the guy, I "Keep seeing my dad," right? Yeah. And then he asks the therapist, and the therapist's like, "Oh, well, you know, why do you think that is?" And he's like, "You tell me." <laughs> yeah, you're the um, therapist. <laughs> and um. so, is it another one of those like he's just seeing his dad as part of the grieving process, or? Is the dad somehow connected to the event, which you have to think that he is because he wrote the letter that said, don't open until this time. So somehow there's also a connection between him and the event, the dad and the event. Or summed up. Which I think would explain, you know, I mean, uh, what what is alarming uh, in this last little bit is we see the blood, like Tyler mentioned, uh, on the side of the face, which is out of place with the timeline we've been presented with but then we isn't it a little similar to the body that we find at the end of the episode uh michael's well, that, that was like a pure visor burn i'd say like hmm. yeah like i agree i i think and that the ears are missing or something they were like bloody or bloody or definitely the there eyes was, there were... was some blood I, I think Jonas's father still had his eyes and like not in the way that the body at the end, you know, like you said, were like burned off, it seemed like. So right, right, right. Um, I, I do think there was a little bit of a difference there. But like also like we have to accept the possibility it could just be a hallucination. Um, right. and you know, he's going through a lot, too. Um, and uh, I just want to bring up, too, because like, you know, like Bartosh's maybe only like moment you could say is good is that he does kind of like defend Jonas when he comes back to school. And he does, like, tell people that he was away in France. But, like, shouldn't people be, like, more understanding? Like, you know, his his dad just died. I know their high schools and high schools are terrible. But I don't know. Like, is everybody going to be, like, staring at him, like, so intent? Like, I don't know. It just seems even yeah, for like, high why schoolers. Why would you have to lie to cover up my dad died? And everyone's like, oh, well, that kid's a weirdo now. Mm. Like, no, that doesn't make you a weirdo at all. Like, it's a weird story yeah. to have changed. Yeah, I get like friendships could change, right? Like it might be like awkward talking to your friends or whatever, but like for people just like to be outright like just staring at you and like, you know, hostile towards you, like that sucks. Well, I I mean, what that kind of, what I, you know, what I understood from that part of the story was that not only did his father uh, pass away, but also that he had had an emotional breakdown of some sort that maybe, and you know, there's a lot of theme here about secrecy and about, uh, you know, what lies in the past. And so that component of, you know, it, it does seem like there was an additional event, um, in Jonas's, uh, grieving process that may have, uh, caused some of these people to look at him a little funny, but maybe in a way it's also related to whatever happened last summer. Ah, we haven't talked <gasps> about that, yeah, because, well, yeah, we get, you know, the Bartosh, uh, Bartosh is with Mar- Marta, and I, every time, like, Bartosh throws his arms around Marta, it looks so weird, he's, like, 
tackling her and like he's got his like whole elbow <laughs> on her. It's so yeah. weird. I don't know if you guys saw that, but <laughs> well, and, like having to kiss every time they reunite or like it's <laughs> yeah, holy PDA. You know, a little bit possessive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I hate he's like so smug. He's like maybe you did miss something. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, and that I think is maybe where we, I mean, it is where we get our first real look into the type of person that Bartosz actually is, because we are presented with the, oh, he's defending, you know, his friend who's came back. But um, that scene where we find out that, oh, here's Marta, the music builds, and then when he sees them sit down together, um... Not only does his face show it perfectly, but the music almost sounds like a stabbing. Like, like you know, the music is a ree, ree, you know. It's, you know, uh, they do a really good job of portraying how actually, no, Bartage is an asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Uh... Really can't stand him. I got more Bartosh material. Um, he's at the he's at the assembly and like they come back for him. They come back and they like focus in on him and he's just like talking to like everybody. Like, but who cares, Bartosh? He's like assemblies are for idiots. It's like what else is he going to be talking about? He's like in recess. Don't get me started on recess. Oh, <laughs> choir. Why do we have to do the drama club? I just hate all this. I don't know why I'm making him French, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, I just want to hear, like, more about, like, Bartosh's thoughts about, like, what else should be missing from schools and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Give us the scoop. <laughs> yeah. I do a trending down and trending up on my, um, on my column, and Bartosh, as you can guess, was number one trending down. <laughs> oh. Uh, do you guys want to place any bets on who else I had as trending down in this episode? Ulrich. Ulrich, yes, Ulrich, yeah, nailed Hannah. it. Hannah escaped my wrath somehow, only because I'm doing three and three. But yeah, Hannah, Hannah should be there. Uh, uh, it runs in Regina. the family. Yeah, Regina. Regina. Oh yeah, she's on there. Yeah, yeah, Regina, Regina, Ulrich, and Bartosh is who I have. Yeah. It's, yeah. Everybody yeah, else. Everybody else is pretty normal. Normal or sympathetic. Yeah, I mean, like, Regina's biggest sin is that she's mom of Bartosh, but, like, um, <laughs> other than that, no, I'm just kidding, but, uh, uh, oh, yeah, they're, like, the same. For trending up, I feel silly not having Katarina in it. I feel like that was an oversight, <laughs> but, uh, do you want to guess who else I have in trending up? Trending up. Definitely Jonas. No, I'm not a big Jonas fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mikkel. Yeah, I like Mikkel. He's trending up. Ultimate fist bump? And, yeah. Um, Did we say Karina? I messed up. Uh, that, was a, that was a Brian mess up. I didn't have her on there. <laughs> I also kind of like um, Charlotte. Oh, yeah. that's my, I'm a big Charlotte fan, too. Yeah, I, I have her. And um, I don't know. I just like I laughed at the way she was like so dismissive of her husband at the end. Like, she, like, her husband, like, asks her something as she's hanging up the phone, and she's like, whatever. She rolls her eyes, and she's just, like, so dismissive of him. Just like, we stand a queen. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, like, seriously, like, she's, like, the, you know, seems like the more professional cop. She gets actually spit on and uh, yeah. in this episode. We didn't mention that part. She gets spit on by Eric's parents, um, the missing boy. And she doesn't really, like, 
you know, reacts to it too, too, uh, too, like she ends up, you know, just kind of taking it. Well, I think, uh, I really like her. I think that she is a, you know, just a quintessential strong face German, just bug, get it done, you know, boots on the ground. She's on the scene at all of these things, actually taking it seriously. And uh, she actually is the recipient of uh, one of Ulrich's more profound lines, which is, uh, have you ever just, you know, woken up and realized you're not where you want to be? Or, you know, how long did it take you to realize that, really? And she's like, dude, I haven't had my coffee, Ulrich. Let's stop with these philosophical questions. You do this every single time you cheat on your wife. God. (laughs) I feel like she has to put up with his guilt a lot. Like, Ulrich is just like, uh, yeah. you know, he's like so guilty all the time. And uh, Charlotte has to hear about it, I bet. So that is why I had her trending up. And then I like Francisca, too. Uh, she stole the weed. Uh, uh, I don't know how she heard about the plan because she like came from another hallway. But we'll, we'll leave that alone. She's our manic pixie girl of the, of the episode. You know, she just keeps kind of uh, appearing in these mystical ways and like, snatching bad weed from Magnus and you know she and Magnus obviously have something going on and yeah. Magnus just has that real dopey face every time she comes yeah. by <laughs> Magnus needs to stand up for her she won't be talking to him anymore otherwise it's true come on like you let Bartosh put her down like Magnus come on like twice yeah. the size totally um so yeah Did we get a sense of how eric was viewed at school or in the town is he like uh eh, okay he's messing or more like oh he was like the town's hero boy i don't think he was the town's hero boy they um they talk about how he was like running away a lot right yes. and and he had these drugs uh so i don't um but it seems like he was in i'm trying to get like the age of like i because i think like all the older kids are in like high school but for Mikkel, I think there's a point where he said Eric was in his class. So I think him and Eric are like 12. And, oh, um, what? right. Wait, and he's a weed dealer? Exactly. Exactly. And, oh. uh, so like if you see, Eric looks pretty young. Eric does look like younger than Jonas and, um, Magnus and mm-hmm. the rest of them. So, but, uh, I do think that he's kind of like a miscreant. I don't think he was like the you know, the glory boy of the town. Well, we did meet his parents in the beginning of the episode. Um, and they spit. <laughs> yeah, and they're spitters. They're spitters, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're spitters. Yeah. So, you know, I guess that kind of uh, lays yeah. that up. But, you know, I do feel bad uh, when we do get our few little shots of Eric because wherever he is, it's not oh, great. <laughs> and he looks terrified. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. In. Yeah. But he's not really struggling too much. He was kind of just resigned to sleeping on the bed. He wasn't want... struggling when the guy put the thing on himself. He looked scared, but he wasn't really. Maybe he. Maybe it, there's nothing he can do. He's. I'm wondering if he's maybe sedated too. Hmm. Oh, he might have an IV in one of those arms. Ooh, interesting. Um. So yeah, I'm just like looking through my notes. Uh, one more time do you guys um please stop me if like there's anything you guys want to talk about before Uh, there's something i kind of want to talk about um i want to talk about uh the actual process of finding the body at the end of the episode okay um because 
you know, it's it just comes over the radio um, in the midst of one of Ulrich's, you know, existential staring out the window <laughs> in his cop car. Um, but uh, yeah, it comes over the radio that there has been a body found. The next scene is, it's a gorgeous scene of him running through these trees. Just, you know, you can really feel the, you know, any parent, uh, that pang of, you know, that's a worst nightmare, right? But he's running through these trees, running towards where um, this body's been found. And and the the scenes are disturbing, you know, with uh, these shoes sticking out from the leaves. Oof. Um, but he falls on the ground and... Uh, no glove, no, no, no tools, no, just, just, you know, rough hands that have been all over Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's yeah, DNA is going to be all over that. that. Crime scene. Yeah. I thought that too. I was like, why are they letting him even, even though he's a cop, touch this crime scene so quick? Yeah. No. Yeah. And he shouldn't be on the investigation. They should definitely like, you know, probably somebody who's like, a uh, kid is not involved in the case should be running this. Right, right. So, you know, and, and we've, we've seen him uh, start to unravel since uh, the disappearance of uh, Mikkel, and that's actually something that we haven't uh, unpacked either, is, you know, the not only is there symmetry in the, you know, in everything, but it's also here in, you know, Ulrich, you pig, you thought that you could get away with all of this uh, adultery, with, you know, being lazy about your job and not caring about this other missing kid. And in this very same episode, now your child is missing. You know, the the completion of that uh, justice circle, I guess you could say, uh, you know. Um, and his brother. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to really feel for Ulrich, uh, seeing him there in the grass, you know? And that's, I would think, um, the actor gets a lot of credit for that. I believe his name is Oliver Mazuski. I'm butchering that completely, but he does like, I think, I don't know, like, cause Ulrich is such a scumbag, but like, I do think that, uh, the actor just does a really good job of like making me feel sympathetic for him sometimes, even when I know he's an asshole douchebag, you know? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know? But you know his pain at the end, like like you said, I think that was that was pretty pretty tough. Um, yeah, the acting there. Yeah, is I did feel for him, mm -hmm. and in I think in part because of how great the actor is. Yeah, and they that's the thing they do a really good job with casting in the show, and um, and uh, I don't I, it's hard to say more right now, but I really I really can't wait to see what you guys think going forward from uh, from it too. So. But back to the missing yeah. kid thing. Yeah. Here's something interesting. There's such a small town. They're doing high school town hall things. They don't know who the kid is, it seems. Okay. Like, they weren't outright like, oh, it's Jimmy from the other side of the Jimmy, street. It's or been whatever. missing like, for however long. Yeah, like, they weren't able to instantly label, like, oh, we already know what missing kid this would be. So, clearly, they must think it's an outsider. There's no or open from case. Yeah. yeah, they don't think it's... And the cops, yeah, they're the cops of the town, so they would already know, like... It would have shown a, uh, a true reaction of, like, oh, it's this guy, but it wasn't. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. Uh, as first-time viewers... So, you know, to be fair, uh, I have seen this episode before, but this was the first time that I had sat down and actually, you know, like, taken notes. But, so, did you guys suspect, or do you guys suspect now... Um, you know, I could also see how this show could very easily be construed as, you know, as like a serial murder. You know, like that, like there's a serial killer out there who is out, uh, you know, taking these boys. 
So, you know, at what point did you feel like, okay, this is a true crime type show versus like, no, this is a magic realism. There's mysticism happening here. It's definitely something crazy like that because, you know, in the beginning we get a lot of talk about time and all of that, but really the, you know, nothing, the craziest things don't even happen until after we find, you know, like it's, it's just crazy. It's very realistic until, you know, Mm -hmm. the disappearance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's like threads of kind of like mysticism weaved throughout, like with the cave, like making those sounds and the flashing lights, like that seemed to me to be a little bit like on the fantasy side. And then how Michael knew something was going to happen at that time on that date to write a letter before his death. Um, And those things to me seemed a little bit more fantasy or sci-fi kind Mm -hmm. of. Right. Um, But other than that, you know, watching it, like seeing the room that, Eric is in or like everything kind of seemed like it could just be some killer you know serial killer that's doing all this and taking young boys and has this weird torture chamber he puts them in and these weird pajamas but that didn't seem to me to be outright like there's something we you know fantastical going on with the, the disappearance of these boys Absolutely. And it's it's a good pilot in that it sets up a lot of things, too. And that, um, you know, I think it's good to, like, be based in that realism at the beginning, too, and, like, you know, draw the viewers in. And then, like, you can hit them with a bit of mysticism as you go with it. And, like, we can kind of, like, suspend our disbelief or, you know, just go with it as part of the world. Um, yeah. But I do think, like, it's hard to label the show. It's, again, like, why I have a tough time, like, telling people to. And, like, I don't think Dark becomes dark until the uh, until episode two so like i think like after episode two like it's like easier to kind of label it and you'll see what i mean i guess when we get there mm-hmm. now, yeah. something else i wanted to point out too that i didn't pay enough attention to but in the beginning montage scene where there's the photos that kind of keep getting shown ah. yeah um Wait, in the title credits or like when it's on the wall during the voiceover? After the title credits, where I think it's during the voiceover. Yes, you're correct. There's um, like a like a, a family photo tree or like a missing persons kind of thing. There's string and family. It's um it's really awesome on a rewatch to see that. Um the first time through, like I probably couldn't tell like I didn't pay attention to it probably, or like they just like passed right over me. I can say on a rewatch it's really cool to see. But um, the first time through, it's just like, you know, you don't, it's like, it's like a lot of the cast and characters, there's some faces we don't know. But um, on a rewatch, I would say it's really cool to go back and see those after you finish the season. Mm-hmm. And that was on the show, not the title credit. So we'll never see it again, possibly. Or maybe we will. Yeah, th- it's it not like in the in title. A, it's like in a cellar yeah. or a basement or something. Yeah. It's not in the title credits. The title credits, it's um, all the symmetry images and right. the, the doubling, the nature, kind of some disturbing images. Um, so, but yeah, the, and the title, title song remains pretty much the same throughout. So, okay. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it seems like you guys liked it, right? Do you guys think you'll continue, <laughs> continue to watch it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Our awesome. only other show we got to watch is Ozark, so... Ah. <laughs> Something we're behind on that we've got to catch up to as well. But, um, uh, so, I'm going to... Uh, anything else before any quotes, any Bartosh hating that we could get in before we leave? Um, uh, that's all I've got, I think, for this episode. You know, that's I... all I've got, I think. Yeah, I, just I hope they find Mikkel soon. Yeah. I know it's a. Mikel's a good guy. Yeah, you know and he gets bopped in the head. Sorry, he gets bopped in the head like four times, and this it's just like, geez, you know, poor guy. Yeah. Only yeah. I can hit him. Yeah, <laughs> Magnus, you know, just cancel Magnus too. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think that the relationships are so interesting. I think that uh, you know, just to see how many different layers are affected by, you know, what's amiss in Winden right now. It's, uh, you know, it's exciting to see where it's going to, you know, where we're going to go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, any last words, Tyler and Samantha? Mm, can't wait to see what yeah. happens. Awesome. Look forward to watching more. Fantastic. So um, we're going to wrap up here. I just want to like, give a few plugs uh, for my episode. If you guys liked this, Thank you so much for making it through. Um, you can visit my website at wakeupwinden.com. You can follow me on Twitter at wakeupwinden. You can email the show at wakeupwinden at gmail.com. You can follow my personal Twitter at realbrianhickey with a Y. And if anybody else wants to plug anything, you may right now. Uh, it's a great show. Keep watching. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Tyler and Samantha. Thank you, Elisa, for joining me. Um, uh, bear with me. I'm going to try to keep putting these episodes out. And thank you so much. If you could rate and subscribe, do all those things that podcasters ask. That would help me out, and I would appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. <laughs>